this research review, we did a mini meta-analysis, if you will, kind of took a look at a couple different studies uh, as it relates to motivators and barriers to healthy habits. Uh, part of the reason for doing this is some of the things we have in the works with Clinically Pressed and trying to figure out how we can best serve people that maybe are facing some of these barriers and how we can look to address those but also create those motivators to just really help people get past that to just make positive changes that they want to see in their life so um, part of the reading was for that and then also served as a nice little uh, research review so in all we looked at five different studies uh, the samples kind of ranged from all over the place with included men and women ages 18 all the way up to 70 uh, from different cultures different ethnic groups um, looked at different people from different fields uh, including the medical uh, people that had just started at the gym and people that were old to the gym and also looked at a few different barriers um, just based on those medical things so we came up with kind of a list of motivators and barriers there is about 10 on each side I'm not going to list all of these out uh, we'll put those in the show description if you wanted to go and take a look at them but we just want to talk about a few of them in terms of what they could do uh, and potentially kind of be almost if you will low-hanging fruit that we could address so starting with the motivators uh, a lot of the ones that you would expect to see you know improving your everyday health and energy with that comes body image and the strength and endurance and the mobility and so looking for easy things there i know for me personally adding a exercise tab to my daily to do um, along with some mobility stuff and for those they change a little bit um, exercise on workout days might be 45 minutes to an hour in the gym getting after it but on the off days uh, if you will so for me like Tuesdays and Thursdays and if I can convince myself to do it over the weekend that might be doing 75 kettlebell swings and some push-ups at home and I call that uh, my exercise for the day because I'm getting something done but that was the goal for the day not another hour-long workout of heavy lifting or whatever it may be and so some different things you can kind of look at there um, one that really stood out to us and I think would be really important to take a look at for anybody working in this space or really trying to get in and try and figure out how to get themselves going again is reinforcement and assistance and motivational interviewing slash problem solving uh, communications and really having that core group that's going to help you continue to go through. I know for me in the past with having workout partners um, you didn't want to let them down by not showing up. That was helpful uh, for me. Also, having someone who was writing me a program uh, made me really want to complete it because somebody else was spending the time to do that. So if I missed one, I almost felt just like guilty for wasting their time. So that was something uh, that works for me as well. And so creating that for yourself or within your role as a health or fitness professional in creating that community and that support uh, is so important uh, and for some of our episodes that we've done uh, that is such a key when you look at like a unity fitness or journey active when they had a physical location they've now 
shifted over a little bit, but some of these places are just so important to create that group or that family, if you will, the fit fam in some cases, uh, that really can make a huge difference to keep somebody going, uh, because it comes a place that they like to be. And in some, um, people's, uh, way of looking at it they're kind of third place homework and then the gym that's kind of their third place to belong uh some of the barriers uh some of these again not overly new or groundbreaking but good to identify um access to unhealthy food is a barrier because it's so easy to get a hold of and figuring out ways and the cost that goes along with that uh the time to cook and prepare healthy food uh there's a lot of things out there that can help uh, go along with that the motivation to, to be able to get up and start working out figuring out how you can incorporate that in um time in and of itself that's been a huge one you know no leisure time personally have an 18 month old i if i I'm able to go work out. It's at 4:30 in the morning to be home by 5:30 to shower and get ready for the day when she's ready to get up at 6:30. Uh, so there's things to take into consideration there. Uh, the cost of equipment and facility can be something that's a huge barrier, and that's something we're hoping to address with clinically press. Is what can we do to help people work out at home or have what they need to start those basic. Um, programs if they can environmental factors um, lack of experience uh, working out can be huge there um, and a huge barrier when you look at just figuring finding anything on the internet and if it's worth anything at all or if it's just something that's potentially going to get you injured uh, that can be a huge barrier uh, fears of safety and then an unaffordable indulgence all things that are huge barriers that again we're looking to hopefully help address with some basics uh but something that if you're listening you know those are barriers to getting people to you is there ways you can work around that to help get them there and then hopefully make a sustainable activity for them um just kind of going into some other ideas and concepts uh that we took away from these papers and kind of just to summarize I'm looking back at some 2010 health recs. Uh, they even back then were recommending group sessions uh, with cognitive behavioral strategies, acknowledging the importance of the thought process of it and why it's so um, important to have those behavioral aspects to it uh, because that can really get people to engage and get a part of it. Uh, same thing with a motivational interviewing. Um, if there's resistance or change, trying to get that person to their own conclusion about why they don't necessarily want to do, you know, anything with health or fitness. Um, one really interesting concept that came out of this, and it maybe shouldn't be as interesting, but I thought it was, was the barriers being either internal so kind of your personal their personal take on time um, and motivation versus external uh, the physical impediments their ability to actually get to a fitness facility or whatever it may be and I think identifying which one it is uh, is going to be super important because they're address can be addressed in very very different ways um, are the person that is looking to do this 
Uh, we got to get into an autonomous or a self-authored motive versus necessarily a controlled versus controlled, which is an internal and external pressure. So if we can help get people to have this be what they want to do, and there is not this necessary pressure um, from other people, which can serve as a good starting point and really get there as we talked about but if we can kind of work people to this autonomous uh, self-authored motivation that can be helpful in sustaining exercise and health behavior so it may take one aspect to help get them there but that should be our ultimate goal and really through the promotion of benefits related to it, I think that is what we have to necessarily do while, yes, we're identifying and trying to remove barriers. The more we can associate the positive side of it and get people trending down that way, the better off we're going to be. Um, different things play a different role in this. Uh, we didn't dive as deep into this, so some of these results um, in terms of the barriers or motivators are based on BMI uh, marital status, physical activity level, alcohol use, symptom stress. So those things play a role. So really looking at the entirety of the person is going to be so important and understanding where they are and what they're coming from. Uh, somebody who is not as physically active, maybe a little overweight that is married with kids, maybe trying to have the focus to be getting back in shape so they can chase their kids around and do that. It's not as much about the aesthetic, although that's still important to them, very well could be, versus someone who is single and still looking for their person who the aesthetic might be seeming a little more important to them. So I think those are important to take into consideration and understand the whole person and what their true motivators are and what their perceived barriers are based on some of those things. So, uh, if you are in the show notes to this, um, all the studies are listed. If you want to go check those out um, that we read, like I said, we are using this kind of a twofold um, informational thing for us, but we thought it was worth sharing to everybody else uh, some of the motivators and behaviors or motivators and be barriers to healthy habits and how we're hoping to go and address them and find those things to help get people to start initially and then ultimately get them to that autonomous level where they're able to go out and really get after things themselves and help to continue their own health and safety and really get to where they want to be and hopefully leading to a better, healthier life and ultimately a society from that. So uh, go ahead and check those out. We're looking forward to more information coming about everything I've just referenced coming from CP, uh, just waiting on some stuff from different departments in the government which can take some time as everybody's a little preoccupied right now but we look forward to getting those out as well so hope everybody's week is going well we look forward to getting more of these out and announcing some big changes to come